What's up, guys? It's an unscheduled weekend stream, and let me tell you, I've got a lot to talk to you guys about because even though like Bitcoin's at nineteen thousand one hundred fifty-one and it's keeping this stable coin status, if you want to call it that, I'm going to show you why I'm here. And the reason why I'm here is because last week a few things happened, which indicated there's maybe been a major, 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 major pivot. And if that's the case, we could have a really bullish week next week. So I thought I'd come here on a Saturday and have some fun with you guys, hang out with you guys, and and talk about the major pivots. And then later on today, Bitboy is joining us, and I'm going to talk to him about the story with Sam Bankman-Fried. And the reason why I want to talk to him about the story with Sam Bankman-Fried is because he was the first guy to break it. I want to show you this little this little piece over here. Um, Look at the date here, 29th of September. So that's before this whole thing started to 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 uh, to flare up. Freed, first and foremost, F you. Number two, I would like to say this is the most evil person in crypto. If you guys understood what he's doing on the back end right now politically, to try to screw everyone in crypto, you would not believe it. There's a reason that this guy is walking around pretending to be the sheep. There's a reason why this guy is trying to bring in as many crypto companies into his company as he can. And I will tell you, some of the most evil people in politics, they're working right alongside with him. He's trying to make a way so that no one else can compete. Ethereum blockchain? You think Gary Ginsburg freed? First and foremost, F you. Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and then they got gold. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. Get up. Get up. Rise and shine, guys. Rise and shine, guys. It's Saturday. It's a beautiful Saturday. That, let me tell you that. I don't know if you guys have been outside. Certainly where I am, it's a beautiful, beautiful Saturday. And I think that when you guys see what I think is happening on the markets, you're going to realize that it's even a, a more beautiful Saturday than you think. So, yeah, that's why I'm here. Saturday night, here I am, bringing you crypto love and crypto wisdom. So, all I need you guys to do is smash the subscribe button if you're not already subscribers. Like this content if you want to help us circulate this. And then listen, we're having a huge problem. We're having a huge problem. Massive problem. We are again shadow banned. But this time it's a serious, serious, serious shadow ban. YouTube is really not circulating our content. So the only way to get out of that is for you guys to help us. And the way to do it is positive comments in the comments after the show and lots and lots of likes. So please help us so we can bring you guys crypto love and crypto wisdom. Um, YouTube it's, isn't liking crypto content at all. And specifically for some reason, because we have so much content on this channel, because we, we bring you guys five uh, streams every single day, YouTube's penalizing us for that. So help us get out of it. Um, I'll do my part. I'll bring you crypto love and crypto wisdom. Today's not a normal show, so we can hang out, we can we can chill out, we can talk, we can do some Q&As. Uh, BitBoy, Ben's joining us in a couple of minutes. Uh, I want to talk to him about what's going on and, and how he found everything out. Um, yeah, so let's do it. Let's have some fun. Uh, I see you guys all in the comments. Build your dreams. You say, 
are you a gay male sorry bro i'm not um <laughs> okay we've got banter girl i see you we've got jay dog i see you roy timmers i see you guys i see yuri yuri i see you all the time i see you on twitter and i see you uh i see you here as well let's see who else is joining us i see a whole lot of people joining us so smash the like get people to come and join us um Good boy's gonna come join us. Chaos, I see you again. I see you. I see you quite often these days, actually. Uh, let me check where Ben is. I think he's joining us in about five minutes. Let's just see that he's on track. I think he is. Yeah, he's joining us in a few minutes. He's just busy doing a, a Twitter Spaces. While we're waiting, while we while, while we're waiting, let's um. I see some people from Dubai in the house. I see people from Dubai in the house. Uh, Ali, I see you, buddy. I see you guys all. I see people from Brazil, from Gibraltar. I see you all. I see you all. I see you all. Anyway, let's have some fun. Let's look at the market. So. Here's where we are. Here, here's where we are. We are at uh, 19,163. Now, ironically, this may actually be a good sign that we've been holding on for, for such a long time. And the reason is because, as I said to you guys before, we want Bitcoin, we want people to move when, when their currencies start to collapse. We want them to move into Bitcoin. Now, what we need for that to happen is we need less volatility in Bitcoin. And if you look at where Bitcoin has been for a long time, people are starting to realize that actually it's not as volatile as people think. And in fact, if you look at Bitcoin's volatility, it's pretty much now close to all times now. So for us, that's very frustrating because we can't, we can't uh, um, uh, 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 degen into, uh, into, into tokens because nothing's moving. But the volatility is at an all-time low and people are starting to see this. In fact, the British pound has got pr pretty much as much volatility as Bitcoin these days. Can you imagine that a, a country's currency has as much volatility as as, as, as Bitcoin and people are seeing this. So you're seeing um, Bitcoin's volatility falls below the NASDAQ and S&P for the first time since 2020. So Bitcoin is becoming actually the safest option, but that's only if you compare it to the dollar, not if you compare it to some other currencies, because remember um, as, as the other currencies start to collapse against the U S dollar, because the U S is raising interest rates so aggressively um, Bitcoin starts, um, uh, Bitcoin's holding steady, but the rest of the currencies are all starting to collapse against it. So, that's what's happening right now. Let's look at some of the pivots that happened last week. So uh, the first pivot, the first thing that you need to see is that you've got the NASDAQ. And the NASDAQ had a brilliant, brilliant down Friday. Yes, it, it went up 2.89%, but that's not the reason why it was so good. It also closed up above the 200-week moving average, which hasn't happened for a long time. It's back above that key level. So that's one key level that we got on Friday because of this amazing run. The next thing that happened on Friday, which I'm sure you guys saw, was the Japanese yen. We'll talk about that in a second. But what happened there was the Central Bank of Japan intervened again. And I'll talk to you about how they intervened and what they did exactly. But that caused the Japanese yen to come way back down to about 146. Uh, it's, still, it's still at 20-year or 30-year uh, levels uh, um, against the dollar. But I want to show you why this is important. I want to show you why this is important. People are saying shine man run. It's hot here. There's no electricity in South Africa, so there's no aircon, guys. Um, Okay, now, this move here in the, the Japanese yen, okay, caused the Dixie to break below the parabola. So we've, for the first time in a long time, we've had a close under the parabola. Look how long it's been since we had a close under the parabola. I can't even remember the last time that we had a close under this parabola. And for the first time in a long time, we finally had a close under this parabola. And this is maybe one of the reasons why I think that there's going to be a... Um, why I think that there was a pivot. So what's telling us that there was a pivot is here you've got the Dixie under the parabola. You've got the Nasdaq closing up above the 200-week moving average for the first time, for the first time in in a long time. 
Um, okay, so let's look at what happened in Japan. So as you guys know, this is not the first time that the Japanese government intervened. Now, how does the Japanese government intervene? Because remember, in, in Japan, they don't use interest rates. So how does the Japanese government intervene? What the Japanese government does to intervene is it just puts more dollars in the market. It takes out the Japanese yen, it, it buys Japanese yen, and it takes out the dollars in the market. Now, on Friday, they did it. But before that, they did it over here, as you can see. And so they did it over here. They intervened when the dollar got to like 145. Let me just try and here we go. So the, they intervened here when the dollar got to 145. Now look what happened. It took the dollar back to 140 and then it went all the way back up again. And they just did it again. You can see it's the same pattern that happened over here. Now, what they spent here, just to give you an idea of, of, of how big this intervention was. So they spent about $20 billion to strengthen the Japanese yen. They, they, they spent... $20 billion to strengthen the Japanese yen. They spent about $20 billion here as well, but they spent $20 billion again here. So you ask yourself, well, how often can they do that? How often can the Bank of Japan spend $20 billion to defend their currency? The answer is that they've got $1.5 trillion in reserve. So right now, the Bank of Japan has $1.5 trillion in reserve. Okay, so that they can, they can continue to do this for a long, 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 long time. Um, and they're going to. I mean, if you look at the, what the prime minister said, the prime minister, the Japanese prime minister came out. He said, we're maintaining our position of being prepared to take appropriate action against excessive FX volatility. Um, and that sent a clear message that the Japanese are going to defend themselves. Um, the British pound, if I remember correctly, also had a, a slight recovery. Let's quickly look at the, uh, the Great Britain pound against the dollar. It's had a, a rough couple of weeks, but I think it closed pretty strong on Friday. Let's quickly have a look here. Yeah, so it closed at 113 on Friday, which is, I think, I mean, better than it's been. I remember, it was down at 103. Um, and I think that's since Liz Truss resigned. And I mean, there are rumors now that Boris Johnson may actually come back into the post. Imagine that. Imagine Boris Johnson actually resigned and left um, after a whole lot of controversies. And now he might actually come back. He might actually, he might actually come back. So that, that sounds absolutely crazy. So let's talk about the other parts of the pivot. So the first part of the pivot that we had is, the Dixie breaking down. And remember, the reason why the Dixie broke down below that parabola is because the Great Britain pound got stronger and because the yen got stronger. And because as those currencies get stronger against the dollar, it makes the dollar weaker. And we've closed, as I said, you guys, uh, just below this line. And for me, super encouraging. The next pivot that we had um, last week, and I said it a while back, and I was like, I was taken to task on Twitter for saying it. And I said, you know, there's a pivot happening at the Fed right now. Because if you looked at the Fed minutes after the last Fed FOMC meeting, what you would have realized is that every single one of the members of the Fed was unanimous in wanting to increase interest rates by 75 basis points. And all of them were coming out when they were getting interviewed and they kept saying, we're going to continue to increase interest rates until we solve this inflation problem. And we ain't going to stop until we solve this inflation problem. But now, for the first time in a long time, we're getting a new narrative at the Fed. And it's not everyone. Have a look at this. So Evan spoke last week and he said the, face, the Fed is facing a difficult messaging problem as it nears a decision to halt the pace of interest rate increases. Now, when have we heard the Fed talking about nearing a decision to, to, to halt uh, uh, the pace of rate increases? Um, then we had the Fed's daily coming up. She says, at this point, slowing rate hikes should be considered and data, uh, and data has not been cooperating. And she went on further to say it is important that we slow our rate hikes. And even more, we will do a step down, not to pause, 
but to 50 or to 25 basis point increments. So they're talking about slowing the pace of rate increases, which is a big, big, big change in narrative. Um, we are at, at or near a neutral rate, meaning they're no longer behind the curve. We are now at a point in the policy where we must be thoughtful. We need to do everything in our power not to over tighten. So it looks like what the Fed is realizing is the Fed is realizing that they may be tightening and they may be causing much bigger problems in the world. And I saw that uh, Gareth Soloway also mentioned something like this. He said, uh, word hitting that the Fed, Federal Reserve will do another 75 basis point rate hike in November and then pivot. The dollar starts to fall off highs. Fed may have just got the message of how close the world is to financial collapse. Now, I wonder if they care about the rest of the world or they should care about the rest of the world. Um, but it does feel like that. So right now, as it stands, let's just quickly talk about as it stands. Right now, the, the, the FOMC meeting, which is happening on the 1st and 2nd of November, there is a 5% chance of a 50 basis point rate hike. And then there is a 95% chance of a 75 basis point rate hike. Then we've got one more FOMC meeting this year. And it looks like at that meeting, people are starting to price in a 50 basis point rate hike. Uh, and then, uh, and there's even some people pricing in a 25 basis point rate hike. And then what happens is I think the Fed meets again in, I think they meet again in Feb and people are forecasting. In fact, I saw that Goldman Sachs is forecasting 25 basis points in Feb. In fact, the market is forecasting a 25 basis point rate hike in Feb. you got got uh, current expectations for the Fed's path rate. 75 basis points now in November, 50 basis points in December, and then 25 uh, basis points again in February. And then a pause. So then they're talking about a pause and rate cuts. Now that's a massive, massive, massive pivot. And that's, that's new news. That happened, uh, that happened last week. So big, big, big uh, news. And I think that that's going to bring us into a, an amazing week this week. So I think it's going to be a very bullish week this week, um, which means that I may be able to put some trades in on the trading competition because I haven't started on the trading competition yet. Uh, I see that there are some, some of you bloody DJs uh, here. Let me just call up the, the leaderboard. There are 1,131 of you playing. By the end of tonight, they're going to be a whole lot of us playing. But there are some of you that are doing super well without this volatility, 161% in the first week. Uh, and I saw the same thing on, on the BitGet competition, um, 180%. Someone's got 180% in the first week without, without uh, thing. And I saw Miles and Kyle actually both put through killer, killer, killer winning trades, uh, which they both, which they posted on the Discord. So if you're not part of the Discord, um, yeah, let's get, get there. All righty, I did promise you that our friend, Mr. Ben, is Ben Armstrong, Bitboy Crypto, is going to join us today. I see him in the waiting room. Should we let him in? Let me know in the comments. I mean, if you guys say don't let him in, I'm not going to let him in. You guys let me know. Should I let him in or shouldn't I let him in? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. There's, a, there's about a one-minute a one minute delay on the comments here. So, should we let him in? Yes. Okay. I see a few yeses. I see a few noes. Pretty even, Ben. It's pretty even, bro. Okay, someone says let him in. Okay, we'll let him in. We'll let him in. All right, we made it. Yes, I had my fingers crossed. <laughs> I had my bots in the chat saying yes and sure. <laughs> oh, you set your bots out already? Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. When they're not on Twitter, you know, they're over here in your chat. Listen, I must say, I uh, I take your work ethic. I'm, I'm super impressed with your work ethic. Saturday, Sunday is no issues for you. I mean, yeah. I, pinged you, I pinged you yesterday. I thought you'd say no, it's the weekend and I'm with my kids. And yeah, you are on a Saturday bringing people crypto love and crypto wisdom. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, I, I usually would say no, but 
uh, it's been a long time since I've been on your show, and I've been wanting to come on. And um, you know, we we share a lot of audience. Uh, you know, a lot of our audience goes back and forth sometimes. And uh, you know, we, you and I, I think we really are the mainstream channels that a lot of people come in through. And I think it's important to for people to know that we're on the same side and we like each other. And um, you know, we're our show times sometimes are a little wonky because they're very close to each other. But um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Crypto Banner, a big fan of you, and I, I think that uh, what you do here in the community is really great. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the f- I think the feeling is mutual. I, th- I think I extended an invitation to you, and I said to you, I'd, I'd love to get you back on the show, but let's use the 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 invitation strategically. Yeah. And I think I'm actually very, very, very glad that I reached out to you now because we've got to talk about Sam Bankman-Fried and what's yeah. happened with Sam Bankman-Fried. And I, I'm gonna I want to get right into the the depths of it, and then I want to talk to you about XRP because okay. you know I think, I think the one thing we disagree on is uh, we disagree on XRP. Uh, but I did love this. I did love this over here um, that I think this week they got the emails that from the from the SEC and uh, uh, their counsel said over 18 months and six court orders later, we finally have the Hinman documents, internal SEC emails and drafts of his infamous 2018 speech. While they remain confidential for now, I can say that it was well worth the fight to get them. And he said he carried on. He said. Uh, I've always felt good about our legal arguments and I feel even better now. I feel I feel bad about the SEC's tactics and I feel even worse about them now. And then Brad Garlinghouse came in. He said, the SEC wants you to think that it cares about disclosure, transparency and clarity. Don't believe them. When the truth eventually comes out, the, their shamefulness of their behavior will shock you. What do you think's in those emails, bro? Uh, I think it's a very methodical uh, you know, plan to insert Ethereum into the William Hinman speech that did not come from the SEC. It didn't actually come from William Hinman. Uh, it came from people bribing him from the uh, Ethereum Enterprise Alliance. And and look, I, I want to be very clear here. <clears throat> it's it's great for me. I own a lot of Ethereum. It's great that someone bribed William Hinman and made Ethereum not a security. That, that's great for for my bags and your bags. This is not about Ethereum. And I think that's where a lot of people really get hung up is especially in the XRP community, because, you know, the XRP community, you know, they can be very hard um, on their enemies for sure. I mean, for good reason. They've been beaten down over and over and over again. Um, And they're the most unfairly targeted uh, project out there. And people still target them with narratives from four years ago that aren't relevant today. But yet the people that hate XRP, they just keep regurgitating the same stuff that's not relevant it's four years old you got to get with the new program with where you know ripple is today and where xrp is today so you know the thing here is is that there the xrp community feels like they were unfairly targeted because ethereum was lifted up and and considered to be not a security you're going to find this was very strategic and you're going to find in my opinion that william hinman definitely had wrongdoing keep this in mind william hinman was told by the ethics committee in the sec not to meet with some of the people that he met with after he was told not to meet with them so it it, in my opinion it shows malice it shows motivation um you know it used it shows that this was strategic and we men thought he was just gonna get these 15 million dollars and run off into the sunset um and yet now here he is back right in the thick of this entire thing and so i think now that they have the emails now look the SEC did not have to hand over those emails the other night like they did. So to me, I made a tweet about it um, on Twitter. It's my favorite place to tweet is that it's either Gary Gensler is about to run over William Hemman like a freight train or 
SEC's kind of given up here, you know, because if, if what Brad said, and I, I love Brad, I, I think Brad Garlinghouse is one of the smartest people in all of crypto, um, at least understanding how the space works for sure. Um, he's a normal guy, you know, yeah, he's a billionaire, millionaire, whatever, 100 millionaire, or whatever, but he comes across as a normal guy you could chat with. He, he doesn't speak over your head. I think he's, 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 he's good for crypto. I really believe that. I know a lot of people would, would disagree, but I think he's good for crypto and definitely what he's doing against the SEC is good. If what he's saying is true, and I believe him, we're going to find some shocking stuff in here that lays out a methodical plan for William Hemmings to take money to insert Ethereum okay. into that speech at the last second. Okay, so let's say that the SEC lose this case. Cool. So Ripple, so XRP is not a security, was never a security. What difference does it make now? Well, no, well, it makes a gigantic difference, number one, for XRP, because a lot Why? of people's, a lot of people's um, uh, hesitation to buy XRP has been this argument, don't buy it because one day it's going to be a security. And of course, right now, it's but that's not, not what changes. The, but that's not what... The, that's not what the case. That's not what the case was about. The case was whether or not it was it was a security at the time of the the initial the, the initial. Uh, uh, it wasn't. An, uh, yeah, it, 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 well, it wasn't. Yeah, wasn't even. It wasn't even a token. It was just a token. There was no contract. So the question is whether it was a security then. Clearly now it's not a security. Clearly now it's too late to do anything about it. If you're holding XRP, it's well, not going to be. Well, no. The, 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 if this case went completely against Ripple. There was an argument for the death, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, the uh, the execution of the XRP token. If it wasn't mm. tradable in the United States, Brad Garlinghouse had already prepped for this just in case near the beginning by saying we could actually keep the company running without the XRP token. So this was something that was at least on the map to be thought about. But look, Rand, you're in crypto every single day. I'm in crypto every single day. We know more than 99.9999% of people in the world about crypto, right? You understand that that is from the token sale. I understand mm -hmm. that's from the token sale and the market. They've now moved to where they're now you know, focusing on the marketing here uh, of it during that time. But the average person doesn't. You know, the average person out there, all they know is they go to Coinbase and all you can't buy XRP. Why? Well, it's got a lawsuit. Oh, I'm scared. So, so yep. not only are we talking about the hesitation, we're also talking about the literal stripping of XRP off of the, uh, you know, off of the markets, off of the United States yeah, exchanges. So I I, it is very important for, for XRP and for the XRP army and for everybody in the community. It's important for Ripple as a company. But however, the larger reverberating effect of this case, it is going to send shockwaves across the board. If Ripple loses this case, which I don't think they're going to, I, but I there's no zero chance they lose. I, I I was told by someone that heard directly from Brad Garlinghouse, they already turned down a settlement last year sometime. Yeah. Uh, so Ripple thinks they've got the SEC by the balls, and they clearly do. You know, I, I think that's very obvious at this point. But the, and I can't say that that's 100% accurate, but I'm just telling you what I was told from a person I know and trust in real life in crypto, literally was out of place, and Brad Garlinghouse said that out of his own mouth. Um, okay. So, so, so the, the whole thing here is this. If Ripple were to lose this case and XRP were to be considered a security at the beginning of the token sale, that means every single project in this entire space had better be on the watch, had better be on the lookout. Because if you think that you have to have done something wrong to get charged by the SEC, then you are sadly mistaken, my friend. It is the mafia. They go after people they don't like. Cardano, yes. doesn't matter if you did anything wrong. They will come after you.
they are money hungry, blood hungry people who will bully anyone that they can to 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 take money from them. Anyway, listen, I wanted to touch on XRP and I wanted to spend a lot more time on this bill and the Sam Bankman yeah. Fried thing. And the reason why I wanted to do that is because I remember that you came out with a tweet a while ago before any of this. And you mm -hmm. said you're hearing things. And you said, if we knew what you were hearing. And I thought to myself, I got to be honest. I thought to myself, this is just another one of these. I'm hearing things. Everyone hears things all the time. And nothing would happen about it. Then you came out with this rant over here. Fried, first and foremost, F you. Number two, I would like to say this is the most evil person in crypto. If you guys understood what he's doing on the back end right now politically, to try to screw everyone in crypto, you would not believe it. There's a reason that this guy is walking around pretending to be the sheep. There's a reason why this guy is trying to bring in as many crypto companies into his company as he can. And I will tell you, some of the most evil people in politics, they're working right alongside with him. He's trying to make a way so that no one else can compete. Okay. So at that point, and, and now we're talking, this is three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. What did, what did you know? Yeah. So, so I've, I'm the only person that was blowing the whistle on this. And look, I, I know that there are a lot of people out there that uh, at the end of last year, I made a really big mistake. And the mistake that I made was I had stopped doing research. And I got lazy because I was given information from one person for the whole back half of last year. And it worked. It was dead on. He told me the miners were moving to Kazakhstan before they did from China. He told me the whole China you know, mining ban was a facade in order to move the hash rate. So it didn't look like they still had all the hash rate, but yet they control all the machines. And also all those companies, you don't just get to leave China as a miner. You had to get permission. So they got permission. They're still sending money back. He told me all that. He said the market was going to come back in the middle of July. That happened exactly. There are three or four other things he told me that hit exactly. And the two things that people remember are the XRP case sitting in September, which obviously did not happen, and Bitcoin hitting 100,000. So because those two things did not happen, I understand, and it was my fault. Because those two things didn't happen, all of a sudden there's this credibility problem where people think that I just make stuff up. I didn't make any of that up. I was given that information. It didn't come through. So when people hear me now talking about getting information – this is not one source. This is done from research. This is done from connections. This is done through networking. This, this is done through some of my political movements now. That's what is going on here. It's not me getting information from a random person I don't know in real life. These are people I know in real life that are giving me information because people understand I've got a big voice in the space and, and people will listen to me. You know, half the people listen to me, half the people hate me, whatever it is. Um, but the fact is people have to understand I was blowing the whistle on this Three to four weeks ago, like you said, uh, I think maybe I first started teasing a little bit, maybe about five weeks before ago. That. And, and, before that, yeah. Yeah. And, and people thought I was just making it up, I guess, you know. And, and so now people are finally understanding if I didn't blow the whistle on this weeks ago, literally no one would have known that Sam Bankman Fried was going to come out with this regulation manifesto, right? So here, here's you want me to break down what happened very simply. Yeah. We have a bill. Uh, and it is going to be a bill. Yeah, I, I might tell you off air about it, maybe, uh, you know, but we have a bill that, you know, we can't talk about publicly because we're not registered yet. Ironically, the day that Sam Bankman-Fried puts out the uh, the manifesto, 
we got funded the same day. <laughs> we got funded for our bill the same oh, day. I, I, I want to try to understand how does this bill thing actually work? So, yeah, you need to yeah walk us through it because I'm not American, and I'm sure a lot of the, the viewers here aren't American. Yeah. So, how do these bills happen? Yeah, I think uh, you know what is it conjunction junction? What's your function? I think they got a great video on bills how how they get made. Some people will get that joke. I think. Look here here's what happened for me. I had some people um, that actually are on the other side politically for me in a lot of ways. Um, basically, approach me and uh, you know someone who I already knew. I didn't know they were so involved in politics. And came to me and said, "Look, we think that you are the voice for crypto. We know that you care a lot." And you're very passionate about helping people and keeping this space pure, regardless of what people you know have wrong ideas of me. I'm the most misunderstood person in this space for sure. They knew that I'm the champion of the people and I'm the one that can get some of this stuff across the finish line. And I was like, I was pretty blown away by this. And at first I was kind of like, eh, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Well, we started getting are these, into... Are these Congress people? Who, who are these people? I mean, no, are these, these are... Um, <sighs> These are a combination of lobbyists and um, people that have very deep political connections. I'll just say it like that. Very deep. Lobbyists and, people, and they approach you and they say, you're the voice. Yeah. We think you're a good voice for crypto. What happens then? Okay. So we start talking about what we want to do. And so a lot of people know I went out to Sacramento. I met with, uh, I was supposed to meet with, with Senator Hertzberg, who's in charge of the assembly in California on the state level. But actually an hour before our meeting, he ended up having to fly to LA or something from Sacramento to sign some emergency bill or something. So we met with his chief of staff and we actually went over the blockchain bill, the blockchain data records bill, uh, that they just passed in California recently. So we actually got to look at that bill ahead of time, give them our standpoint on stuff. And California is very weary of influencers because of other mainstream influencers that have gone in uh, and, and met with them. And they were very impressed with us. They said, wow, we've never had somebody come in and not tell us what to do. Like, yeah, we, we want to know what you guys are doing, how we can come alongside and be helpful with it. So, you know, Senator Herzberg, um, you know, is, is somebody who, uh, you know, we, we talk back and forth on Twitter and, um, you know, somebody that's pushing some more blockchain bills over there in California. And so after we got done with that meeting, one of my guys said, hey, you know what? You've got to sponsor a bill. That's what you have to do. You have to sponsor a bill on the California level and you got to push it forward. So we came up with, it's called the Financial Education uh, and Stability Act of 2022. It's SJR, um, SJR 16 in California. We're held up a little bit right now with it. We thought it would be done by the end of the year. Not sure it will be uh, now. But what this does is it gets, read, it gets rid of the accredited investor laws in the state of California. We had a multi-state plan to move to Florida, to uh, Colorado, Texas, uh, some other states to get this done because you have to have a certain number of states approve this mm -hmm. in order for it to become federal. So we'd be changing on the California level to where you no longer have to have a ton of money, no longer have to have a ton of education. All you got to do is take a free test from the state and you can invest in uh, ICOs, IPOs, you know, the, the standard vehicles that only the rich <laughs> and the powerful are able to do. You go win, you go in a million dollars on a lottery ticket. And you're suddenly an accredited investor and you spent your last dollar on a lottery ticket, right? So it makes no sense. So I think the accredited investor laws are, are, are antiquated, like most laws actually, but, but, but they're antiquated. So one of the things that you guys are doing in your, in your bill is you're getting rid of the, the accredited investor rules yeah. for crypto and you've got to take a test. 
Yeah. So so that's on the, that's on the state level in California. We were planning just to move through these states, and I sponsored the bill. We wrote the bill, the whole thing. And now, <clears throat> which this is stuff I can't. My life is so weird, Graham. I have the weirdest life. You would have told me eight, nine, ten months ago, this is what I'm doing, and this is what I'm in the middle of. I would have said you're crazy. Just like ten years ago, if you told me what I do as a job, I would have said that's insane. That doesn't even make sense, right? So it, it's really cool the way things just happen. Perfect storm kind of kind of you know leads me to where I'm at. But something happened along the way which is we got invited to take part in this federal bill uh, that of it's a bill, but once it's approved, if it's approved, it will actually end up being an amendment on the Boozman bill, which is the same bill. Sam Bankman fried is trying to influence, which gets all that, how all that happened. So um, th that's kind of what led us. It was just kind of a, like we were shocked when all of a sudden we had this group of high level politicians, people know the names, People know these names that are backing our bill. We can't say them yet, but people know them. Uh, so, both both parties, both parties, high-level Republicans, high-level Democrats. And so they're backing our bill. And so we had to get funding. So do you have a question? No, go, go ahead. So you got, Wait till we so get you, to the point I'm trying to. It's a long story. You said you said you got to the, you got the funding on Friday. Yeah, we got the funding. Uh, was it? Was it, for, it was the day that SBF came out was manifesto. Wasn't that like Wednesday? Last week, yeah. It was Wednesday, I think, right? Because... Mm -hmm. that night we got it you know he said something he posted it and i said hope you're ready <laughs> i guess he thought that was a joke i don't know what, actually i think he knew what that meant uh because he he knows what him and his team have done so um here's the the genesis right we create this bill we've been told all we gotta do is get the funding for it and it's gonna go through we're gonna go get in the boozman bill it's gonna you know the boozman bill is gonna pass uh you know go in as an amendment it's gonna be really awesome can't wait to tell you guys what it is that'll be really cool like when you find out because it's something everybody in crypto has been asking for for years and years and years at least since 2017 we're giving it to you um representation at the table of what happens in crypto when it comes to the government that's what this is about so we need funding for it, right? Like, guys, we lost $3 million in Celsius that was $15 million at one point. I've got 50 employees here at my office. We have a 40,000-square-foot studio. We have property everywhere. We got a lot of irons in the fire here. And so I don't have an extra $1.6 million to just throw at this right now. I got to take concern of my employees here and make sure we're not having to lay people off or, or whatever the case may be, right? And so... We go for funding. We're trying to get, uh, I'm going to write it. I already wrote it. And then we're trying to get funding. And it's a good opportunity to partner and get kind of momentum and support. So who do we think of? We think of FTX, right? But because Sam Bankman fried you know, he told them off in that committee. You know, he said, well, you know, you guys are trying to talk up there. Like, you know what you're talking about. I guarantee you the people on the platform actually know way more about crypto than you guys do. That was a strong statement. And I've never been able to make up my mind on SBF. It's always felt like, it's always felt like, eh, do, do I like him? Do I not? You know, I like your haircut, Rand. You know, people don't like when I say that Sam Bankman Free has a bad haircut. But, you know, I just didn't, I just, I just wasn't having it, you know? And so I thought, well, maybe this could be the thing that would show me that he is, you know, for real and he is in crypto. So what happens is a mutual friend sends Brett Harrison a message on Twitter saying, hey, I've, we've got this bill very interested to have you guys in on it. We think you'll love it. We think you'll support it. So Brett Harrison responds back maybe the next day or two days later and says, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's, you know, we'll give us a copy of it. We'll send it to our policy team. We'll look at it and see what happens. Okay. So three weeks go by. We don't hear a single word from them. And it's very strange. We don't hear anything from them because we're expecting like, Hey, at least an answer. Well, now kind of find out what they were doing is they were taking our bill and they were going behind our back 
and trying to front run us. They were sabotaging us. They were never going to fund the bill because they already had their own legislation that they were behind. And we know this for a fact because one of the people, one of the, the, the you know, political powers that we have on our team called a very high level person at FTX directly on the phone. This type of person, when this person calls, you answer. And what happened is that FTX high level employee tried to steal our person from us. They said, hey, you know what? Actually, don't support that. We've got this much better bill. We're actually having problems with your side of the aisle supporting it. So you come to our side and help us recruit from your party. And this is going to go great for us. Here's what we want to do. We want to create a federal bit license. That's the idea. The bit license is in New York State. The worst piece of crypto regulation in history. That is what SBF wants to do. So they try to steal our people. They try to sabotage us. Okay. And so what happens from there is very interesting because let's go back. This has all been set up for a while now. I, I, I can't, I don't want to make accusations, but it stands to reason that what they are doing, FTX, was the catalyst for tornado cash, for the tornado cash arrest and the entire thing. Why? Look at the history of the bit license. If you go back to 2014, Mt. Gox was hacked. That's what New York used to push forth the bit license. Now you look, you see tornado cash debacle happened. And then what happens? A few days later, you get Sam Bankman Fried, or maybe a couple weeks later, talking about they don't call them blacklists anymore. They're blocklists, blocklists versus whitelists. And why both are important, both are beneficial, and explaining his viewpoint on all of it. That was him setting up this legislation. However, a little wrinkle occurred somewhere along the way, which is I, because I can't keep my mouth shut. You know, it's, it's funny when people say I'm a liar and I you know, scam people. <laughs> I don't have a dishonest bone in my body. Like I'm an overshare. It's so hard for me not to tell you guys some of the things that I know because I just want to tell you, but I get other people in trouble. So I got to, I got to hold off on that. But slowly I just started leaking what happened, you know, slowly a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here. Kind of like you said, you know, you showed the, the video earlier when I was talking about this. And the, the whole thing is when I spilled the beans on this, number one, the very, somebody thinks I'm hot. Well, I like that. What's up? Oh, you mean because I look sweaty, probably. <laughs> uh, so the idea here is Brett Harrison, the day after I spilled the beans on this, he stepped down as president of FTX US. The day after, okay? A few days Wait, later, guess what happened? Specifically, what beans did you had you spilt in? I basically laid out that they wanted to do this. Was when I came, this is when I said the most I could say, which was they're trying to create a federal bit license. That is what yes. I talked about. I made a video yes. about it that day. He steps down the next day after that. A couple of days later, guess what happens? Brett Harrison follows me. <laughs> he follows me a couple of days later. So you know that they're watching what I'm saying. Here is the thing that, that when my team talked about this and we saw what he was trying to do and we were really trying to, to get down to brass tacks on how we can combat this and how we can fix this. You know, the whole thing is, what people have to understand is with a federal bit license, you can only make transactions if you're licensed. What cannot be licensed? An individual and a decentralized exchange or a decentralized platform. So what that means is they're making it so that only FTX and only Coinbase, maybe Gemini and Kraken and uh, Binance US, maybe they fight over the scraps. CZ, a person that does care about crypto, by the way, compared to some of these other people. Um, you know, the fact is, is that they just wanted to win. They want everything centralized. Who, who would have thought that the CEOs of centralized exchanges 
would want to keep things centralized in America. And so we started pushing out this narrative of what they're doing, which is they are going after decentralization. They're going after DeFi and they are going after peer-to-peer transactions. Okay. So hear this. All of a sudden, the day we get funded, we get the Sam Bakeman Freed Manifesto. I had been waiting on this. I had been, I knew this was coming and I knew that people were going to know that I told you it was coming. I was the only one warning. I was the Paul Revere of this thing. And what happens is when you read through there and you read through his tweets, which by the way, if you read his tweets compared to the actual language in his manifesto, they're quite different. One is much harsher. You know, the actual website goes into a lot more scary details about it where he basically explains, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to censor everybody. If you send crypto to someone who has a blacklisted address, now your address is blacklisted, whether so, you're using it or not. So stop there for a sec, because that was yeah. the next part that I was super confused about. Okay. The Bill Gates leaked, the Bill Gates leaked uh, early on one of, the, one of the mornings. I don't remember exactly when it was. And a few hours later, he comes out with his my current thoughts on crypto mm-hmm. regulation. But I think I agree with you, and I share the sentiment that his his tweets and the language in his tweets mm-hmm. was very much pro crypto Twitter. Yep. And when you read the bill, the bill is exactly the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. So I, th- that, that was the first that was the first anomaly that I that I picked up. That was the first anomaly that I picked up. Yeah. Well, well, it, it makes sense. Why? Because for weeks, oh, there's my boy Kelly Kellum. That's right, Bit Squad official. We love Kelly. He's probably in the other room over here. <laughs> the fact is, is that. We had been talking about on my channel for three weeks about he's going after DeFi. He's going after peer-to-peer transactions. Well, guess what he says on Twitter? Just so y'all know, I'm for DeFi and I'm definitely for peer-to-peer transactions. I'm for censorship, but I explained why, because there's criminals out there, right? He sounds just like everybody else. So what he does is he uses Tornado Cash to come up with this idea of the the block list versus white list. What's good, what's not. He explains... How you censor people, even if it doesn't make any sense, even if people didn't know they were sending to a blacklisted address or blacklisted address, that all of a sudden you ban them, right? Like, let's say you're on, uh, you know, a, a site and someone accepts Bitcoin for a service. You don't know that site is a scam. And so you take your Bitcoin from your Coinbase wallet, let's say, and you send that Bitcoin to that address. Now, you're getting scammed. You're going to lose it, but you didn't send all of it. Let's just say you sent $500 worth of crypto. All of your Bitcoin in that Coinbase wallet is now dead, even if you didn't know. Because you that, sent a blacklisted, blocklisted address. Yeah, exactly. Now, and the Monero people and the privacy coin people would tell you that you know Bitcoin is actually non-fungible, and Ethereum is non-fungible as well because they don't all spend the same because they create these block lists. So a Bitcoin on a block list versus a Bitcoin on a whitelist. They don't spend the same. They don't have the same value, which is kind of interesting. Um, you know, we, we talk about fungibility. That's why the privacy coin people are, are so adamant um, that it's the only way. And you kind of start to, to wonder in, in, in a sense. And so <clears throat> what happens is he comes out. He says he's for DeFi. He, he says he, he's, he's for all this. But yet he's not. You have to understand it is one step at a time. We outed him. The language, from what I've been told, the language was softened in order to make him not look as bad and as a monster and to discredit me and to make me look like I didn't have the Oh, I told you he was coming after DeFi and uh, peer-to-peer transactions. Wait, tweeted he's not. He tweeted he's not. Must not be coming after it. Must not be. I know someone personally who knows Sam personally, and his verbiage is Sam 
is not a crypto guy. He is a finance bro. He only cares about money, political power, and persuasion. And they're out there doing their best to try to discredit the truth that I'm telling. Factual information that happened. And if you guys haven't been able to tell that this is real, uh, you're not paying attention. I told you four weeks before it happened that it was happening. So what he did is when they had our bill, they went behind our backs and started trying to buy off some of the people that were going to support what we're doing. Now, when I say buy off, I'm not accusing them of bribes. I, I don't know if lobbying, paying money. I'm not going to accuse them of bribes because obviously, uh, you know, I, I don't know that for sure. But what I'll tell you is they were trying to buy political points one way or another with people to make sure that their language got in there because it's counter to what we're doing. What we're doing is for the people and it's for people in crypto to be able to have a seat at the table to determine what happens. It's also going to be about making sure that the evil people right now that are in control of crypto regulation, y'all know who I'm talking about. One lizard person with giant eyes and a cul-de-sac on its head. We are coming after those people to make sure that they are in a, in a workaround and make sure those people are not going to be the ones making decisions on crypto because they don't even do their job. They don't even create any kind of, kind of clarity or regulation. All they want to do is go after people. It doesn't matter if you did anything wrong or not. They're going to come after you. So what we're doing is common sense, and we should be public with it next week, and everybody's going to – we'll be able to stop talking about like, you know, it's coming, it's coming. You know, I can't wait till we can actually talk about what it is. When people understand the, the two sides here, the good and evil, when it comes to this space, the person, the people versus the elite. That is what this is about. That was what crypto was built on, and we're going to stand on it until, you know, maybe they come and try to take me out. What's Sam Bankman-Fried's endgame? What is he trying to do? Is he trying to, to be in a position where only he and one or two others have the license to, 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 to operate in the U.S.? What's the endgame? Okay, okay. So uh, the, I don't necessarily know if they're thinking about the end, end, end game right now. What they're thinking about is how many cycles can they pump and, and make their own money? What, well, yeah, I will tell you what the end game is. The, the end game is to create stock market 2.0. It's create Wall Street 2.0. It's trying to create a system Look, right now, he's telling you what addresses are allowed and not, not allowed. What do you think that leads to? That leads to who is able to invest in crypto and who is not. If you are a poor, dumb retail investor, you're not smart enough. Man, I tell you, SBF and Gary Ginsburg, they sound so similar. You're not smart enough to make decisions. We got made that suit for you. You're going, if, if you're going to be investing in crypto, you're going to lose money if you don't have X number of dollars and X number of experience in this market. That's what the end game is. So the only the elites win because this is not about FTX blowing up. It's about how much money this guy can rack up to make the world go in the direction that he wants it to go to, starting with the United States. I don't know where it goes from there, but he wants to shape what happens to the United States going forward. Why do you think he gave Joe Biden the second biggest donor? It, look, it's not because he loves Joe Biden. I know, I know a lot of Republicans love, look, you know, people probably know which way I lean. People love to push that narrative that, like, you know, he is part of, like, you know, the, you know, uh, Biden and whatever that, you know, apparatus is on that side or whatever. That's not true. He's just buying power. He's not supporting Joe Biden. He's buying power. He must have thought that he was going to win, knew he was going to win, whatever it was going to be. Um, maybe he didn't like the other guy, but it's not about a party. It's not about Democrats. It's about Sam Bankman fried pushing what he wants to push. And he wants to make sure that you know that he's way smarter than you and he knows what's best. And he, look at Digital Currency Group. Look at Coinbase Ventures. Look at all of this overlap, Alameda research. Look at the stuff FTX was doing to ICP. Uh, they put the, the futures contracts out before the coin was released.
Why? To pump it up ahead of time so they could short the fire out of it. They did the same thing with Axie Infinity's Ronin token. So uh, we'll be, we got a video out on the channel on that later today so you guys can see that. Um, but these are not good people. They don't have your best interests at heart. And I say it all the time. The and look, Rand, you get portrayed as a villain sometimes. I know it. The people in this space that are the villains, they turn out to be the heroes. And the people that you think were the heroes and were doing the best thing for you the entire time, those people turn out to be the real villains a lot of times. Crypto, it's hard to know which side people are on. Um, but I can tell you, you know, I, I know that me, me and Rand, we're on the right side. And, uh, you know, we want what's best for this space, uh, even if, you know, SBF and Brian, uh, Uncle Brian Armstrong and those people don't. So... Uh, Eric Forhees wrote a retort to yep. to SPF's, F, SPF's view. And it was a very long, uh, but very well thought out retort. I mean, yep. you guys can go and have a look at it. Um, what did you think of, of Eric's retort? And then what did you think of Sam's response to Eric's retort uh, saying, thank you for the input? Yeah, he sure. then came back and, and acted as if like, you know, it's almost like, this is it. This is my views on regulation. And then it was like, Everyone started to attack him, and then, and then the narrative started to change. Say, so, well, you know, thank you for the input. Thank you, everyone, for your input, yeah. except for BitBoy and some guy with glasses. It came out like he, he started to change the narrative a bit because he realized he was being attacked by everybody. And after being attacked, he was like, oh, thank yeah. you, everybody. It was, it was so good for that. You know, you've all given me input. He and thought I'm he so had softened and did enough after I came out with what he was going to do. He thought he had softened enough, and he hadn't. Uh, so I saw somebody with a chat in there that said that uh, SBF is Zuck 2.0. Amen. That is exactly correct. Amen. Amen. You know, I think Tyson Graham, yeah. there he is. Good, good, good comment there. Yeah. You, you know, you know what I realized about SBF? Um, wherever there's a controversy, somehow mm -hmm. SBF is somewhere in the middle. When yeah. Luna collapsed, somehow people spoke about that happening on FTX first. Mm -hmm. When Celsius collapsed, yep. Somehow, Starting somehow. SBF was somewhere involved. You know, the, the, the difference is you don't hear this stuff about CZ. No, you don't. When you collapsed, you never heard, you never heard no. oh, well, CZ started this. No. You never heard this. When, when Celsius collapsed, you never heard, well, CZ starting this. Mm -mm. And it just, you know, and, and I, I'm trying, I try and stay really neutral when it comes to these things because I think that, you know, there's, there's good and bad for everything. Yeah. But in this case, I, can't say it's, I, I keep thinking to myself, why is it that CZ keeps flying without getting without getting any any smoke around him and then you got Sam Bankman Fried and every time that there is something going on in crypto every time something happens somehow someone links it back to FTX yeah the reason is CZ is not in the club he is not in the club of your Brian Armstrongs your SBFs your other major players in the centralized exchanges Binance has always done its own thing um, and, and when you look, Binance is certainly not perfect. They've had mistakes that have gone on, uh, but you can't look at what CZ has done and say he's trying to build an evil empire that's trying to bring crypto down. Everything he does is pro crypto. It's for the space because he understands that if crypto doesn't move forward, Binance doesn't move forward. I'm sure it's a business decision on some level, but I've talked to CZ. He's, he's actually a very normal guy. When you talk to him, you normal. don't feel like you're talking to someone who, you know, sat in their mom's basement playing world of Warcraft for, you know, 18 years straight, and then just happened to, you know, get lucky with some investments uh, and has some bad hair. So, you know, the, the thing is, is that no offense to people that did that from zero to 18 played world of Warcraft. I've never played world of Warcraft. No offense to those who did. Uh, but you know, it, you just get that kind of feeling from Sam Bateman Freed that, when he talks, it's like, is this guy real? Like, is this guy, like, what is he trying to do here? And there's a reason why 
you can't ever figure out his motives until now. And now, and now we know. So I think CZ is good for crypto. I think he cares. Um, and, and you'll notice when Sam Bankman-Fried started attacking me without uh, blocking me yet, which now he's blocked me and because we create a movement. He, his reputation is permanently marred now at this point. Um, we create a movement. He doesn't want me out here saying the stuff that I'm saying. Um, <laughs> he's not going to stop me, though. What's he, he going to do? Uh, you know, so, so the whole idea is that he said the other day to me, Oh, yeah. I said, are you ready? I hope you're ready, bud. That's what I said. It was all about to come out. He knew. And he said, have fun shilling Nance. And he put a apostrophe in I front of that. Nance. I saw that. I saw that. I feel that, that. He has no balls. He doesn't want to go against CZ publicly. That's why he didn't want anyone to be able to search Binance and see that tweet. That's what he didn't want. FTX doesn't have affiliate links, doesn't have referral links. It, it doesn't. FTX isn't also an international company with an FTX US brand. What's he talking about? He's got no leg to stand on there. He just wanted to slash out and claw me. He wanted to use the word shill in front of my name. That's what he wanted to do. But it made no sense. He's scared of CZ. So I immediately retweeted it and tagged Binance and tagged CZ so they see. And funny enough, I, I, I checked a couple weeks ago and CZ was not following me. Uh, he's followed me before, unfollowed me. I don't know what he does. But he, uh, you know, he, he's following me again now. And of course, he made his little comment on one of these songs or he, he put a, a heart or liked it or whatever. People loved his comment about uh, one of these BitBoy Anger songs, remixes that's out, the little bubble one. It's pretty funny, whatever. If that's what it takes is me becoming a meme to get this message out, then that's fine. Y'all watch those videos so you're blue in the face. Hopefully, you'll research what's really going on because I will take that trade-off. I will take that sacrifice for people to know wh what's going on. Eric Voorhees, I want to come back to this. Eric Voorhees yeah. is one of the people I respect the very, very, very most in crypto. There, there is a small list of people that are on, uh, you know, kind of the business side uh, of crypto that I've never said anything bad about. I've never said a bad word about Eric Voorhees. Uh, you know, never said a bad word about uh, Ryan Selkis and Masari. I like Masari. Like, you know, back in the day, he said bad stuff about Brad Gollinghouse. You know, I mean, your, your opinion on people change over time. But Eric Voorhees has been one of the people that I've respected the very, very most since the beginning of crypto. I read Bitcoin Billionaires and the way that, uh, you know, he's, you know, uh, evolved in the space. He is someone that is a thought. He's actually someone that you want representing crypto at the table, trying to help make decisions. But of course, he's, you know, he's, he's libertarian, isn't really for the government. So I don't know if he would do it, but he's who you should listen to. He's putting out very common sense stuff. And Sam McMahon-Fried's realizing, and so is Brian Armstrong, right? That, oh, we can't take this route. Now we got to ease off just a little bit. Like, he made some excellent points, beautifully written, and here it is. I, I said this, if all of us that are for decentralization and for the little guy and for retail and for the people, if we work together as much as these centralized CEOs have each other's back, then we would have decentralization all over the board tomorrow. And so, for but, what it's worth, my understanding is SBF underscore FTX is aligned with decentralization. F that. That is not true. And y'all all know it. And it is a fairy tale lie. Do you think that Brian Armstrong is also bad for crypto? I mean, Uncle Brian. Surely, some, Uncle Brian. surely someone has to be a representative from one of these big companies yeah. of crypto in uh, um uh, uh, again, in the US. And I mean, you know, Coinbase has funded a, a bunch of lawyers to take on uh, OFAC around, or, or Janet Yellen in the Treasury and OFAC around Tornado Cash. Do you think that Brian Armstrong's, do you put him in the same box as Sam Bankman Fried? I do not put him in the same box as Sam Bankman Fried because I know factually what SBF is up to. Um, 
I got to be careful what I say about Uncle Brian because I got to see him at Thanksgiving. You know, we we uh, <laughs> always have Thanksgiving together, and uh, you know, sometimes it's awkward. You know, and Bitcoin. You know, hey, the IPO was the top, Brian. You know, what's going on there? Uh, but the whole idea is that Brian Armstrong is another one of those people that I go hold on, back hold on a second, hold on a second. I always thought that was a joke. Are it you? It is. I hope to God it's a joke. I hope to God it's a joke. I was just making sure. I was just making sure. I was just making sure. Look at my hair. You think me and Brian are related? <laughs> I'm just saying. No offense to my bald people. I love my bald people. Unless you right. took his, unless you took his share as well. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, so the whole thing is, is that with Brian Armstrong, I go back and forth. My information that Brian Armstrong is involved in this is not as ironclad as my information on Sam Bankman-Fried. I know that that's true. I've been told Brian Armstrong is also part of this, but I cannot independently verify that. And I do, I do leave a little wiggle room that maybe I'm wrong on that. I hope that I'm wrong on that because he's an Armstrong. I want him to be, you know, doing the right thing. <laughs> Coinbase is the exchange I use longer than anything outside of, you know, early in the days and, you know, local Bitcoins and, and Mt. Gox. I've had a Coinbase account forever. We have a corporate Coinbase account. I think Coinbase generally is the best place for beginners to start at. Like, it's just so user-friendly. But the whole thing is, is that just not 100% sure I can support what he's doing, but I'm also not 100% sure that he is bad. But it just stands to reason when you look at Coinbase Ventures and you look at the overlap with Alameda Research and you look at they're totally in bed with each other and they're the two top exchanges, they're eliminating they're eliminating competitors across the board. Exchanges are going insolvent. Yeah, you know who knows the people with Digital Currency Group works with you guys know Digital Currency Group owns CoinDesk, the the biggest publication in the space, owns Grayscale, the biggest stock uh, element on the on the uh, you know. Uh, in crypto that's on the stock market with the grayscale trust and things like that. Um, and you really start, they're invested in ripple. They're invested in basic attention to, and they're invested in decentralized. They're invested all across the board. You may not know this. This was started by China. <laughs> uh, Lee Kaohsiung, who's a Hong Kong billionaire uh, was actually one of the, it was called, I think Genesis markets in the beginning. He was the person that gave. Uh, Very Silbert. Yeah, Barry Silbert. I always get him and Sunshine confused a little bit. Barry Silbert, the money to start this thing in the beginning. So, um, and I'm not saying Barry Silbert's a terrible person. I, you know, I, I don't, I think he might not be a great person, but I don't know that for sure either. I'm just telling you, Digital Currency Group is bad news. And they, just because they have their hooks in something doesn't mean they're running it though. They're not running Ripple. But Digital Currency Group, Coinbase Ventures, Alameda Research, they all overlap. And it's a very dirty story. So if Brian Armstrong is not involved in this, he's going to really, really, really have to do a good job of separating himself from it. And that tweet that he just put out last night uh, that I shared, by the way, that seems to tell the same story that they're in bed with one another. I said this. I said, Brian Armstrong, F, uh, Sam, uh, Sam Bateman-Fried, and Eric Voorhees, are all talking about this topic. One of those three is not like the other. Brian Armstrong and SPF have motivation as centralized exchange CEOs, especially now that Coinbase is public, to make sure that those companies make as much money as possible and leave the others behind in the space. Yeah, it does feel like uh, Coinbase is getting a little desperate. Um, I think if you look at their, their trading stats and you look at the, the traffic to their site, oh, relative relative to Binance and everything else, their, their, their traffic and everything has gone, has gone hugely down. So I think they are a little bit desperate. I do disagree with you, though. I do think that Barry Silbert's actually one of the good guys. I think Barry Silbert, very successful. I'm open to that. I'm open to it. Very, very successful. And I think he's really one of the good guys. I think, he's, I think he is one of the good guys out there. Well, let, let me say this. 
look, we, we all go through, look, crypto's brand new. And you know this as well as I do, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know if I ever told you this. You know, at Bitcoin 2019, you asked Crypto Stash for an interview and you did not even know who I was. And you left me out of that interview. I wanted to interview on uh, CNBC South Africa, whatever it is. So I just want to get that out, Random. I didn't I'm even sorry. know you were. I didn't even know you were. To be honest, that, that when I found I out who you were was when I started YouTubing. And then I, when I started actually... I had 5,000 subscribers. Nobody knew who I was. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I told that story on the, on the channel the other day. And I never talked about it with you. But uh, look, we all are in a cutting edge technology finance corner here. There's no playbook on how to do this. There's no clarity on what we're allowed to say, what we're not allowed to say as influencers. Uh, you know, what constitutes the, you know, I, I, on the stock market, like it's, you know, three days, I think, uh, 72 hours. If you talk about something, you can't, we don't have those rules in crypto. Now the SEC wants to pretend like, oh, we should just know that it automatically applies in an unregulated industry. But we all have gone through maturation. And it's a journey. Nobody showed me how to be a crypto influencer. Actually, the people I had as examples in 2017, they were pumping and dumping and they were doing undisclosed. They were doing undisclosed promotion after undisclosed promotion. I've never done one. Why? Because I was so mad at those guys for doing it. And it's, by the way, it's an unethical and immoral and illegal, most likely. Uh, so I knew, get accused of all that stuff, never did it. But along the way in my journey, there was a point where a lot of these tokens started preying on me. They started understanding the things that I liked. They wanted me to do promotions. And of course, I did them disclosed. And there were mistakes that I made along the way. But you know what? They were never malicious mistakes. They were naive mistakes. When you look at uh, someone in crypto's lifespan, we all go through a maturation. And over time, the people that care about this space, it becomes obvious and it becomes evident. There was no rule book for Barry Silbert. So should he have taken money from a Hong Kong billionaire to start that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. But I certainly will be willing to listen to the fact that maybe he is a good guy now. And maybe maybe that reputation that I, I kind of have in my mind of him, maybe it's not actually 100% accurate. Or maybe there was an extenuator. Maybe he didn't even know where the money came from. I, I'm willing to listen to that. I'm willing to be wrong on those things. I'm willing to give – I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's why it took me so long to make my mind up on SBF. So, you know, we've all gone through maturation. If you look at, at all of our past, we've all at some point made a good-hearted – mistake something that we wish we would have done differently we wish we wouldn't listen to I, and i'll make the argument you know i i believe the token promotion business is completely broken and it needs to stop um we're going to be talking about that i haven't done a sponsor video since uh january we're actually going to go back to some sponsors at some point corporate sponsors exchange sponsors but token promotion if you look at the coins that want to be promoted and these are things you know we, i just didn't understand they're not the ones that make it for the most part the ones that make it are your Chainlings and your Cardanos and your Polygons. Guess what they don't do? They don't go run off and do a bunch of promotions. Um, so really on the back end of this, a lot of these projects that are preying on, on you know, people that are newer to the space or people that are getting influenced and don't understand how to wield it is really despicable. And so, you know, I, I think overall, we all mature and people understand where we're at. You're at a different place than when you started. I'm in a different place than when I started, but we both care about the space equally. And, and you know, we have totally different opinions on things and that's okay. Uh, quickly, just before we go, um, where does this SBF thing go from here? So there's the bill, there's the draft of the bill. I guess that now crypto Twitter has gone crazy. What happens next? What are the next moves? Okay, so the next move is 
my bill goes public. So my bill should be public next week. Um, hopefully, you know, by the end of the week, hopefully the beginning of the week, I thought maybe by the end of this week, it, it might have had a chance to, um, but th there's documents that got to be got to be signed and money that's got to move to accounts and stuff like that. So once we're officially registered, now people will see the choice because right now people don't see the choice. They just see me talking about something that's good, right? It's good. People like it. The language for this was actually taken directly from videos that I've made over the history of my channel, talking about what I think is the correct solution, um, which is part of why I got involved in this, because this was seen as the correct solution uh, to give people in crypto, uh, you know, look, there you go. Uh, 23.3%. People, people, people didn't even see your bill. Right. And they're willing to give you two thirds. Uh, they're giving 76% and SBF 23.3%. They hadn't even seen your bill. Yeah. Well, when people see it, they're going to understand. I, it, I'm very confident that people will choose mine over that. It should be more like 90% because what we're right now, there is one man trying to hijack the entire space. I hope people see that one man trying to hijack the entire space. He's got support. How can people in crypto be for that? How can people in crypto be for one man getting to ride all the, the richest man in crypto outside of CZ? Why does he get to make all the rules, right? So what people are going to see is they're going to have a choice. And, and, and the, the movement needs to be that when it comes to crypto, it's for the people and needs to stay by the people. We need to have representation and common sense laws. We've got to take the power away from the people that are trying to destroy crypto right now, not just on a corporate crypto level, but on a government level. And we have to give people a voice. It's not perfect. You, When you find out my plan, you guys are going to see like, look, certainly there are ways that the government could still find a way to manipulate that because that's what the government tends to do. But I think if we push the message, if SBF is allowed to hijack this space, every single senator, I'm a one issue voter now. I, I'm a hardcore Republican. I'd always vote Republican. Let me tell you this. Donald Trump was against Bitcoin. I wouldn't vote for Bitcoin. I wouldn't vote for Donald Trump again if he ran. I wouldn't vote for him again. I'm a one issue voter. Where do you stand on crypto? This is the most important issue in our entire world. They'll tell you it's climate change. Well, he's still going to be around for a few hundred years. <laughs> if, the, if, if the WEF enslaves us, we ain't going to be around for that long. We're not going to see the sun blow up. We're not going to see Earth lose the ozone layer or whatever, you know, carbon emissions destroy everything. We're not even going to see the electric car be completely rolled out, right? So, so we've got to put blockchain, as people are in crypto every day, we have to push this forward. We have to make sure that people understand this is an important issue. And if you vote with Sam Bankman fried you are permanently losing my vote as a person in crypto. And if we can push that, uh, that in America to our politicians, because I think John Boozman and, and, and Stabner, I, I don't think they understand that they're being okie doke. I don't think they understand that when it comes to this bill, it's not pro crypto. Because I guarantee you, SBF is selling it as pro crypto and he can get people on his side. That is how he's selling it. You have to make these people know that is not true. We have to keep decentralization the key. We have to keep res representation the key. We, we have to have some of the top so, crypto mines helping with the regulation. So hold on a sec. So what happens with these bills? So you're going to launch a bill. He launches a bill. When do these bill, bills get voted, passed? When do they come into effect? Do they come into effect? What happens then? It's a long process. So like I said, I, I think it's six to eight months before this Boozman bill is voted in. It, it's going to get voted in. I, I, that's what I was told. 
I think it's going to get voted in for sure. I think it's a look, it's bipartisan. That tells you right there it, it's going to go in. The important part is the language. So what we're doing is an amendment to the bill, most most likely. It starts mm-hmm. as a bill, moves to an amendment once people see it, approve it, uh, and decide this is where it needs to go in at. What SBF is trying to do, he's trying through his power and manipulation to get the bill in its entirety written with his slanted perspective. That's what he's trying to do. So there's not going to be really, in all reality, there's not going to be like this big me versus him, you know, vote to say like, who's going to win? Like, you know, like you put it, you probably got the only one, you know, right there. You put it on your, on your Twitter. Uh, But the whole thing is, is that it's more, we've got to put pressure on the politicians. We have to expose SPF for who he is and what he is trying to do to our country. And when we do that, and what he's trying to do to our entire space, yeah. when we do that, his credibility tanks. And at that point, it's going to be really, really difficult for the politician to understand we're supporting someone that people in crypto even don't support. We know people in the mainstream don't support crypto, especially in a bear market. We know they don't like FTX. They don't like the commercials. They don't like the tags on the umpires. They think it's a scam already. So who are you winning? Who are you winning with when you when you allow Sam Bankman Freed to influence your legislation? What are you winning? You're not winning anything. We've got to push the narrative to win. They have to keep the language the way it was before he started influencing. We need to go back to the original. Now, look, people don't know this. There are several different versions of these bills and of these sections that actually get kind of floated out to see reaction to them sometimes. And so maybe what we've seen, we've seen the darkest, you know, harshest language in the bill. Maybe they're floating it out to see, should we support what SBF is doing? Is this what people really want? And you got to say, no, you have to say, no, this is not what we want. You need to go on Twitter and tell him, make him block you because that's what he does. He'll block you. And then he'll talk about you because he's scared of, he's scared of the actual conversation about what he is doing. And he's terrified now because he's never been exposed like this before. He has never been exposed. It, there have been rumors. Rumor. I mean, guys, we all know Solana was pumped from the inside from the VCs and Sam Bankman. We all know that. Literally, no one in crypto questions that, right? It, it's like Nancy Pelosi insider trading. Like, nobody questions that. We all know it's a fact that people just ignore it. So there are some things that have been done where he's been involved. There are scandals, but people made money, right? Like, you have your exit liquidity. That sucked when, it, when they took their money and made all these blockchain funds out of it. You know, Three Arrows Capital and, you know, all, all these other, uh, you know, um, you know, funds that just came. All of a sudden, everybody had $300 million for a blockchain fund, right? At the top of Solana. Big surprise, right? Uh, so we know some of the things he's done, but he himself has never been targeted like this. He's never been exposed, and he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do, right? That's why he's firing off at me. He's, firing, he's trying to walk back language. Just see the puzzle has been laid out. I gave you all the pieces five weeks ago, four weeks ago, five weeks. I gave you the puzzle pieces. They're now falling in place. FTX now says, oh, well, you know, if it's a security, we're definitely going to kick it off. What, what, what do you think that means? That means they're going to look for whatever Solana competition they don't like, and they're going to call it a security and say, well, we're concerned. They think it's a security. And then what are they going to do? They're going to force liquidate all of those coins, which is going to tank your bags, tank whatever. Maybe it's Polkadot. Who, know, who knows who they're going after? I don't even know Polkadot is on, on FTX. I don't use FTX. I've never used FTX. Um, but, but the fact is, he's going to do whatever he takes to eliminate competition. That is his MO. And so I'm sure he's coming after me. He, doesn't, he wants to silence me. 
Don't let him. The message is already out there. It's not contained. Thank God for auto-tune songs of me. You know, I, I said earlier, you know, the difference between me and the Hulk is people like me when I'm angry, apparently. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, like it's out. The, the cat is out of the bag. And his best, what, what his best course of action at this point is to realize he's wrong, to realize that people don't want this, and to realize if he wants to keep what he's got going and the momentum that he has, sure, he's got money, but if he's losing political clout, Hey, SBF, we are willing to have you come over to our side and support our bill and backtrack. If you're going to walk stuff back, walk it all the way back, and let's fix this. Let's get Eric Voorhees involved. Let's have him fix this. I, I definitely want to get input from Eric Voorhees on whatever he wants to give me. So, you know, I, I think that's, that's what we see right now. That's what we're going to see. Um, he's panicking right now. But look, if you want to come over to our side, you want to support what – we know you've already seen the bill. <laughs> you actually stole some of the language from our state bill in, in, in some of your, you know, talking about disparity between, uh, you know, minority communities when it comes to investing. Uh, that was in our California state bill. Uh, people could go look at that language and see they, they took, the, you know, some of those stats directly from us. But the fact is, if you want to come support what we're doing, if you want to maybe save your face in crypto and actually do something for the people instead of for yourself, do you understand people are going to win one way or the other? Look, I did try to get Sam here today. Uh, he obviously didn't respond, but I, I don't think he wants to be on. I, I don't think he wants to be on a show with you. Uh, but listen, I'm trying. He doesn't want to be on a show with me. I'm armed with the literal truth. I, he can't say anything. What's he? What's he going to do? He's going to deny. Uh, all I got to do is go get the DMs. All I got to do is go get the DMs between Brett Harrison and this mutual contact. Now I'm not going to expose the mutual contact's name um, unless I, you know, unless we got to show the screenshots. We can show it all. Like it's it, this is not something that he can get out of. This is all factual. We we know this occurred. He can't say anything against me. That's why when I said that to him originally on that tweet, all he could say is, "Oh, oh how fun she'll announce, you know, how fun she'll announce." Like it's some kind of freaking street drug. That's all he can say. He can't attack what we're saying. He all he can say is, "That's not true. That's not true. That's not true." It is true, and everybody knows it, Sam. It is true. All right, buddy. Listen, it's been amazing having you on. I didn't realize it was going to be this passionate and this much fun. Thank you, my friend. We'll stay in touch and we'll 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 listen to the article. We'll, we'll try and hear the, the the your your bill this week. I think yeah. when it yeah. gets released. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Appreciate my friend. Have me on, man. I love the show. Love crypto banner in the community. Have yeah. a good weekend, buddy. Have a good weekend. So good to actually have him on. Wow, it's so good to, to have him on. He's, he's pretty fired up about this. And listen, he was he was the guy that leaked this first, so he obviously knew what he was talking about. Like it or not, like it or not. Um. There are a couple of other things that I actually wanted to share with you now that, uh, that I mean, I thought Ben was going to be on for 15 minutes. I enjoyed it so much that I think we've been here for an hour, but hell, it's Saturday, so let's have some fun. Let's let's have some fun. Um, a lot of you were asking about Gavin Wood and Polkadot and whether there's anything to worry about there. I mean, truth is, Gavin Wood's a, a programmer. Gavin Wood's an engineer. Gavin Wood's amazing when it comes to code. But Gavin Wood's not a CEO. He's never been a CEO. And I think the CEO title was given to him, and I don't think he is a CEO at all. Gavin is a product guy. He likes to engineer. He likes to write code. And I think that him stepping down as the Parity Lab CEO is actually a good thing. Let the CEOs be the CEOs and let the programmers and devs and engineers be the, the programmer, programmers and devs and engineers. And I think that um, I saw that uh, that Alex Becker said something. Somebody said, Gavin stepping down as CEO of Dot makes me even more bullish. CEOs are misunderstood role at certain levels. It's it's managing more managing and hiring than it is creating. And Gavin Wood's a creator. That, that That's pretty much what it is. Um, is there anything else? Is there anything else that I wanted to share with you guys today? Uh, I did see this. 
Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay, no, I think we spoke about it. I think we spoke about it. Uh, we've got some time for Q&A. Um, if you guys want to do some Q&A. Otherwise, if you haven't yet entered the, the trading competition, I do think we're going to get some volatility this week. And so I'm going to start trading this week. Um, you can sign up. There's so far 1,113 people here on Bybit. And there are a whole lot on, on BitGet. In fact, what I'll do is I'll actually fund some accounts today. So if you want to participate in the trading competition, it's so simple. Go to our show. Here it is. Go to the referral link below. You must have a crypto banter referral link if you want to if you want to to win. Otherwise, you can play. So what you can see is a lot of these people are playing, but they can't win. Like this guy, number five, he's playing, he's got 103% return, but he can't win. He can't win because he, he doesn't have a crypto banter referral link. So go in, here's the referral link, sign up. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun can't win this because, week he, because he doesn't I have think, crypto banter. I think this week there's gonna be volatility. So make sure you're there. Um you, you can choose to enter Bybit, BitGet, or Bybit and BitGet. I, I did both, um, and I, I'm going to fund some accounts so that you guys can also do both. All right, so before we go, let's actually fund some accounts. Uh, this is the Bybit accounts, and this is a list of people that are participating. And these three accounts over here, you guys are funded for the campaign. So I'm just going to fill that in over here. Uh, and the the accounts are these three accounts. So it's a 2085902 and 1014. Uh, and then BitGet, let's fund some BitGet accounts just to have some fun. Uh, let's go these three accounts. You guys are funded for the campaign. Um, guys, join us. It's going to be fun. This week's going to be a big trading week. Sheldon's going to do a whole lot of trading courses and stuff like that. Also, if you are part of the trading competition or if you want to be part of the trading competition in our discord there's a special place for the trading competition on the discord so just go to the discord over here and let's do it all right we've got a few minutes left here um if you guys want to do some q a let's do some q a um all right let's see chaos such a great show bro thank you for moderating you're amazing we appreciate you we love you we, we see you um People saying user use a vpn in the us i mean i didn't tell you that that's from relaxing reality escape he told you that uh let's look at the markets what 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 would we be buying let's look at let's quickly look at, at the markets uh i do think i do think that we're gonna have a good week with bitcoin i think solana is cheap 27.76 is cheap i think near 288 is cheap i wouldn't be buying any more phantom to be honest uh rune is cheap i think all the old, all the good old coins now feel a bit cheap i must be honest i was watching um uh yeah uh gmx 3461 that is well within the bar this is well within the bazans this is well 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 within the bazans i'm also watching here's another one that that's probably worth talking about and that's gains network so yes gmx is, is one of the good ones uh gains networks is 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 very similar now this the, the good thing about gains network is if you look at how gains network has been performing even though the market's starting to come down look at how gains network's been performing so it's it's actually up. It's actually up in the last uh, in the last two three weeks. It's actually up. So that to me is is a sign that this one has a, a lot of strength, man. This this one this one does does have a lot of strength. Definitely something I'd be looking at. Um, what else is cheap? Let's see what else is cheap. Solana is cheap. Solana is cheap. Hmm. What else looks? I think the one that I'd be buying now, I'd probably be buying Gains Network, to be honest. Gains Network and GMX, those are the two that I'd be looking at. Um, all right, what was the major bullish shift from this bill? Well, don't worry about the bill. Go watch the beginning of the show. Talk, look at the Japan pivot. Look at the Fed potential pivot. Um, 
That's that's I mean that's what you should be looking at. Run Discord Halloween contest. Should we do a Discord Halloween contest? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Good idea, good idea. All right, listen, guys, it is now 20 to 10 at night. I'm gonna go spend some time with the fam. Love you guys madly. I will see you guys again on Monday. I'm sure that was you'll, you'll agree with me. That was a fun show for a Saturday. Um, join the training competition. Let's have some fun next week. I'll see you guys all again on Monday. Um, until then, have fun and trade well, my friends. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Did you enjoy that? Very well. That's cool. Though. That was cool. That was fun. Lots of fun. All righty. Have a good weekend. Thank you.